Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. I'm Richard Porter. I'm Johnny Smith. And this is Smith & Sniff, a podcast in which two friends talk about cars. And this week, we actually do talk about cars. misheard something my daughter said the other day because she's only three so she's not, not all of her words are entirely clear i love that era yeah it's very sweet because she sort of yeah she, it, when they mangle words in a in an endearing way if they're still doing that when they're 14 you start to <laughs> worry a bit but um i misheard what she said or she wasn't enunciating very clearly and she was talking about in fact as it turned out going on a picnic i thought she said pub lunch and I was, we're going on a pub lunch yeah well because I said what are you doing tomorrow with, with so and so she's going out with other people and she went and she said oh she's sort of mumbling and I thought she I thought she said something about pub lunch and I was like what picnic oh picnic but then for the rest of the day I couldn't get out of my head the tune to today's the day the teddy bears have their pub lunch and I thought that was a much better song I'd love it I'd love to go on a pub lunch with the teddy bears wouldn't it be a great afternoon? Yeah. I, bet yeah, I mean, can put it away, those teddy bears. Probably are. Oh, they'll be old school, where it's totally okay to have five pints and go back to your desk. Because obviously it's an office. It's You know what I mean? Like, honestly, yeah, we, we just popped out for a drink. That's not a drink. That's, in my head, that's a session. Yeah. You can't go for a session and then go back to the office. I've done it before. Like, I genuinely fell asleep on my keyboard and, had, and did, did many pages of just like A, Z, A. Cute, cute, cute. <laughs> I did. I, <laughs> fell, I fell asleep on my desk. I did. I was. I was. I was fully. Uh, genuine. I was fully pissed. I had to have a lift home, <laughs> and um, my my boss at the time, the publisher, actually woke me up. I was. I had my head resting oh. on my. Uh, what would it have been? Late nineties um, iMac. Oh, I thought you were going to say like one of those super clicky PC keyboards that they used to have back then. They were actually quite nice. Yeah, I've got one. I've got. I've like got one of those in front keyboard. of me right now. Do you want to hear it? Go. Oh, yeah, I know. See, I've got my special writing machine um, that's got a nicer keyboard on it than my laptop because I've got one of those Macs with the really khaki keyboards, which, as as we speak, I've got a can of air about to be delivered. Cause, uh, what, a compressed air? Keyboards. Yeah, which uh, <clears throat> I, I, I could have made. could have made you one of them. What, with a compressor? Yeah, I've got a compressor in the garage. All I do is take my keyboard out to the garage and just blast it. <laughs> is it not a little powerful? Oh yeah, yeah. Do not blow actual letters. Oh, off the yeah, keyboard. I have. I have actually blown a Y off before, <laughs> which you know sounds a bit wrong, doesn't it? But you know what I mean. Um, you know when people say, "I see a bit of you in me." I said that to someone the other day to a, like a <laughs> an, an esteemed colleague, and it it just sounded a minute, the second I said it, it sounded so grubby. Yeah, and I couldn't I couldn't walk back from that. I meant it as a real. I meant it as a compliment, and it just all went wrong. I see a bit I of you in I wouldn't say me. that to someone. I don't think I'd be comfortable saying that for the exact reasons that you have only retrospectively alighted on. But um, mm, Well, I didn't retrospectively. I didn't. Yeah. I didn't no, I just didn't. Because <laughs> I'm a goon. Look, 
Look, listen, listen, look, look guys, look, guys, look, listen, look, listen, guys, look, look, stop, listen, look, guys, look, listen, guys, listen, guys, look, here we guys. are, listen. Um, well, I wanted to say to you, uh, heaven forfend this becomes a car podcast again, but there are quite a few cars to talk about this week, and I wanted to start, if I may, with uh, that plug-in hybrid transit that you've been driving. Transit. Now, I don't know why I'm interested in that, because it's a van. I have no need for a van, but I'm just kind of... It feels like plug-in hybridosity may be something that vans doing a lot of local deliveries and going back to a depot for a period could play to their strength. So um, notwithstanding that I'm in no way in need of a van what's it like <laughs> well the first thing i would say is i get we get to drive a lot of cars right for our jobs mm. i bring a lot of cars home my kids have never been more excited to go to school bear in mind they went the kids have been back at school now for about a fortnight or whatever mm. and um i took them back for their first day back in the van three abreast Oh, and I just open the side door, because it's a box fresh van, because it's a press office van. I open the side door, sliding door, and just said to the yeah. kids, throw everything in there. Because, of course, it's just this ga- gaping, huge space. They just looked at me and went, what, just put it in there? They went, yes, it's a van. Put it in there, slam the door shut, got them in. They loved it. They absolutely loved it. They loved being up high. They loved this, the whole idea of having the big, the, the massive cup holders at the top there, the, the, the cubby holes in the top of the dash. But the... We drove to school on EV only because it's mm-hmm. a, pl- a plug-in, Fev. How many miles is it supposed to be able to do? Uh, I think it, alone? That's a good question. I think it's supposed to do something like 37. Mm-hmm. So what I would say is I'm ve- I've been very, very excited to do this van. Oh, hang on, yeah. Twen- I think it's 25 miles WLTP, 35 no. miles NEDC, so it's quite low. Right. Yeah, that's a bit disappointing. It's it's, and and I and although it drives really well, and although yeah. it, it in the city it will do thirty miles or, or, or you know of, of EV range. Mm. The problem is you you can't fast charge it, and oh. yeah, and it's expensive. How much? At, uh, hang on, I've, I did write it down. <laughs> uh, I'm just going to keep asking questions to put you on the spot. Well, okay. So they mo- they they mostly quote um, they mostly quote at X VAT because it's a van because you can claim the van. Yeah, we're, uh, with the with the uh, with the government grant of three thousand quid at yep. X VAT, it's thirty six thousand from thirty six thousand. Okay. Now, of so, course. I don't actually know what a regular t- is. It's it it's 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 quite a lot less. Okay, it's quite a lot less by about twelve something like that. Ooh, a, a lot. Even if you claim the heck, yeah. that's still quite a difference, isn't it? <laughs> now listen, son. The problem that this van's got is I feel that the technology on board is useful, but it's come out about four years too hacking late. You see, it's a it feels like a Chevrolet Volt in van form. Um, right. which would have been great in 2014, 2015. Uh, but this is 2020, and I think the, the, the Transit's biggest issue is that the Peugeot e-Expert, the Citroen e-Dispatch, the Vauxhall Vivaro e, which are all kind of the same, mm. have all just come out, and they're all full EV, and they do 211 miles on a charge. And mm. they are 10 grand cheaper. Oh, really? 
In fact, they might be a bit more than ten grand cheaper. They're Jeez, significant. Well, that, that's cheaper. the bit that counts, isn't it? Because I sort of feel like vans. Yeah. Ultimately, they're bought by people who have businesses, big or small. Yeah. And the the bottom line is the bottom line, and so it's it's all about cost. And I know running costs will be a part of that. But yeah. Yeah. I mean, you see, and you... also the payload is bigger on those three vans I've just mentioned. Is it? Oh, well, yeah. there go. There's another thing. And what usually an hell? EV van can't handle the payload, which has usually been the criticism. Like the, you know, yeah. the, the Nissan ENV 200, which has been out for, it's been out for, I don't know, about mm, seven ages. years. Has it's it? It's been out ages. Like it. Yeah, it just mm. quietly does the little short journeys and it's, it's, mm. it's great in its own right. 124 mile range, but it's got 700 kilo payload. It's 20 grand yeah. to buy. There's a Ponzi flower shop up the road from my house, and they've got one. And yeah. I just think that is absolutely perfect, because flowers aren't heavy. No. Nope. They just do local journeys to deliver flowers to people. Exactly. And it, it sets a nice tone, doesn't it, for a flower shop? Yes, we're very environmentally friendly. Clean air. An electric van, you see. Yes, that'll be £30 for two daffodils wrapped up in a Ponzi thing. In some single-use plastic. Yeah, exactly. Yes, and, and I and I And I do think, yeah, we can criticise the ENV 200, but it got there early, like a lot of Nissan products. And for some businesses, it just does the job. And it's cheap. 20 grand. Mm. So Is it 20 grand? It's 20 grand. Oh, Last go. time I checked, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah so, But, right, I, but I think point. the biggest threat that the trains it's got, even though it drives really well, I have to say I mm. thoroughly enjoyed driving it. My kids thought it was the Don. Mm. You, know, you know, like the two weeks before that, I had an Aston Martin DBX. My kids were like, nah, transit, <laughs> transit. It just goes to show, though, isn't it, the novelty factor of a pickup truck or a transit. Every time I get a pickup in, the kids turn the back of it into a, into like a, the Americans would call it a jungle gym. They just go and get yeah. planks of wood and stuff and turn it into <laughs> some sort of, you know, dangerous adventure playground. It's awesome. I think that there might be some scope in a, in a website in this, this sort of crowded world of people trying to do car stuff uh, online and in social media and stuff. But maybe there's a space for cars reviewed by our children, not not our children specifically, just children. Ch- generally, oh, I, I think that's a really really good idea because they have some. Sometimes they have absolutely mad ideas about stuff, but also sometimes they cut through all the nonsense and just go, "Oh yeah, but I don't like it because of this." And you go. Oh, yeah. Yeah, oh they'll they'll call bullshit on something. If there's a piece of tech that's just pure dog egg and no one's going to really use it and it's just yeah. it's novelty for about the first day of ownership and then you go, That's a bit shit, isn't it? I mean I showed but, I've got the Audi E Tron sport sp- sorry, Spoltzback E Tron on the drive at the moment. Spoltzback So the old you know, the old coupe SUV ting. Yeah. Um, two genres that you never thought would ever ex- coexist. But um, Well, I have a theory about this. Just try this on for size. Because I, I, superficially, I just do not understand this trend now for slanted back SUVs. Cause, and the Germans have led the charge, haven't they? The BMW X6 being a conspicuous example. It's like, why do you need yeah. an X5 with a smaller boot and less rear headroom? It's yeah. still an SUV or pretends to... And it's about the same kind of weight vehicle. still. Yeah. It's still pulling and the it's same just a bulk. Deeply obnoxious car. And then Porsche have got that, uh, what's it oh, called? The, the, the coupe, they the call KN it. The KN coupe or the KN. KN coupe and Mercedes doing the GLC and the GLE coupes, mm. in inverted commas. And, and then Audi, yeah, e tron comes out. Okay, fine. And then suddenly there's a, there's a sloping backed version of it as well. Mm. You go, what's going on here? And I suddenly realised, well, everything is moving towards SUVs, whether we like it or not. It seems like that's what. The, 
people want at the moment. And all of these sloping back SUVs are really just replicating what used to happen back in the day, where for a lot of cars, you'd have the hatchback and then you'd have the estate. And that's what they're doing now. This is like the Vauxhall Cavalier Mark II. All they need to do is a saloon version of the X6 or the KN, and they've completed the 1980s Vauxhall Cavalier range oh of gosh. body styles. Oh, and a, a convertible. As so well. are, they, are they just bringing people around in a really yeah. like long-winded um, you know, car R&D fashion? To going, oh, by the way, all you want is a saloon that's high up yeah, or a hatchback I, I mean, that's high up. It sort of makes more sense if you look at it like that. At the same time, it makes no fucking sense whatsoever because I think a lot of these coupe ones, first of all, they're not coupes, but also they <laughs> tend to be more expensive, I think, don't they? Is the e-tron more expensive than the regular e-tron nine bags of sand more what nine nine bags more well you see that's where it doesn't make sense imagine if in 1987 ford had said now the sierra estate is whatever it would have been back then seven thousand pounds but the sierra hatchback is nine and a half thousand pounds everyone would have gone tit off that doesn't make any sense at all ford and they'd have gone no you're right it doesn't but somehow in fact this is a wonderful scam because they can charge more for it's it's an expect i mean the, the same. what i would say and i've got a review of this car out right now so i'm going to plug it on my youtube channel right now if that's all right rich go for it but um it drives better than the original e-tron i was a bit underwhelmed by the original e-tron this this is yeah. a little bit tighter and more responsive and <clears throat> actually more fun have they admitted that they've made a load of changes to it, or is this just sort of natural evolution of a car in its lifetime? As, they've as made they've made the the, the axles decouplable, uh, or as in it from the body. Yeah, exactly. They just if you accelerate really hard, just it leaves the back motor where you were. No, did you ever um, have that with like Hot Wheels cars or or, or um, Matchbox or whatever? Sometimes the floor pan would become detached from the <laughs> shell. Yeah, yeah. And if you zoomed it really hard, then suddenly the body would fly off and the floor pan and wheels would just carry on. It's like that. <laughs> That's very retro. So it's, it's weirdly, although it's a quattro, it sort of isn't most of the time. It's, um, it's rear-wheel drive most of the time. So it gets a little bit better range. And it, uh. mean, and it, and it seems to be that the, 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 this one had the air suspension, which is optional. Um, mm-hmm. But it just seems to be a little bit tighter and more responsive in in a couple of key areas, which is which is rather good. But hmm. there's no good, no denying the fact that your boot's smaller. Yeah, rear headroom is lower because you've got a coupe roofline. It is more aerodynamic, but by a by an absolute gnat's pube, and hmm. it it just it leaves me going. Hang on, so I'm spending a lot of money on a car which doesn't have a great range as an EV compared to a lot of its peers. Um, you can't fit a dog in it, which is what a lot of people like to do, right? Mm. Uh, or, you know, lots of weekendy stuff, go-anywhere stuff. And it's, it's still a five-seater. You can't put more than five seats in it. And I'm just kind of going, oh, it's a beautiful cabin. And... Yeah, I, I won't tell you anymore because it's all in my video. Spoiling your review, but but basically, no, yeah, it's okay. But it, I do wonder when this weirdness is going to end with the whole like let's let's buy a really big. The other thing is, I live around quite a lot of narrow back lanes in the countryside. Mm. It felt massive driving yeah. down back lanes. It, I felt like I was going to get the side creased by either hedge or discovery being driven the other way at 80 miles an hour while someone's texting you know kind of like <laughs> bloody hell i'm gonna get completely 
scrunched. Yeah. And I didn't feel like, although I could, it it was a nice, it was a very nice car, an exception, the quietest SUV, uh, sorry, the quietest EV I've ever driven, I would say. Really? Yeah, it was so quiet. I mean, honestly, like, oh. like closed library quiet. <laughs> <laughs> okay, no, clo- closed, closed rural <clears throat> library outside of rush hour quiet. The closed libraries are quite noisy because of all the ghosts. I saw it in that uh, documentary Ghostbusters a few years ago. Oh, uh, so. yeah. Well, also, a closed library, usually there'll be some um, janitor type person with a polishing machine. You know those rotors? Yes. So actually, a closed library is louder. What am I talking about? It's, it's a fully open yeah. library in a rural. Get setting. your analogies straight. For I was going to say my, my analogies, as I've got older, have gone from like average to just cack. I have to say, <laughs> <laughs> I really. I have. thought you were going to say, "Oh, my analogies are as bad as a pirate in a wind chime shop." <laughs> <laughs> sorry, sorry. Um, I realised so, the other day, right? Uh, I was I ran down the garden and sort of um, hit an uneven part of the garden where I, my, I felt my ankle going, and oh. I, and then I quick and I was in my my slippers because I wasn't supposed to be outside. I was just going to quickly put someone on the compost heap, and I looked around after I'd done it because I realised I looked like Johnny Depp. The way you know the way that he he runs in Pirates of the Caribbean. What's he called? Jack Sparrow. Yeah, I felt like I just run to the other end of my own garden, like Jack Sparrow, but holding a load of peeled vegetables. <laughs> <laughs> oh, hey, talking of pirates. Yeah. Um, do you, well, we don't often. You no, know do, we don't. Pirate corner. Well, it's not really pirate corner. I was going to say, do you know what I'm doing this week? Is um, I'm going for the first time. I'm going to that salon privé thing. Um, oh, oh, are you? at Blenheim Palace and I, I, I didn't really know what to wear because obviously it's a bit poncy and I wasn't quite sure what to wear and I said oh I've got a tweed jacket and then someone I know who's been before went tweed jacket I'm going to tweed jacket they'll think you're there to empty the bins you need to wear like luridly coloured linen suits or something like that oh. like, For fuck's sake. do you know what I'm just going to go dressed as a pirate and claim that I thought it was fancy dress <laughs> Please tell me you are going as Davy Jones. Um, <laughs> I I don't have a pirate costume. I suppose I could get. Well, I'm going tomorrow, so I can't now. But um, uh, yes. I anyway. I'll report. Just back go dressed week. as like Robert Smith from The Cure, but without the white face. Would well, you remember when you and me went to um, the GQ Car Awards? Was that last year? We went to. It that was the year we before. Were a bit worried. We were was very it? worried because it's it was high fashion. Yeah, but and then so cars. we just agreed that we would both wear really frantically not matching things <laughs> and try and claim to be fashion forwards. We did. And I know that my shoes were jarring with everything else I was wearing, which also didn't quite get on with each other. And you had a luridly patterned shirt and stuff. We were just like, no, we're, we're so fashionable that we look terrible. Do you know what I did? I, th- I felt like after a couple of fairly stiff drinks once we were in there, I, I, was, I was rocking it with conviction. I was like, I'm fine with this. I've chosen this. I'm fine with it. I'm living with it. I'm loving it. And I um, briefly thought about rolling one sleeve up, just you know, just to go. Just yeah, it's one. A thing. It's a thing. Yeah, it's a thing now. Don't question it. It's a thing. Well, it's I a, saw. It, it, I saw um, Leonardo <laughs> DiCaprio doing it. It's a bit like we've 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 done it before because 
Um, in fact, someone so, um, uh, 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 someone on Twitter um, contacted me and said, "I'd lo- one question I would really like is to answer is, when did you and Rich do the first Smith & Sniff and how did it come about? And I was going to say, actually, it came about when we went to Pebble Beach Concourse. Yes. How many years ago? Uh, it was a what? Was it eight years ago? Uh, seven no, years more ago? more than that. I think it was like ten years ago. Was it? It was a long time ago. And we we went there, and I mean, a it's one of the best places for people watching because those sorts of concourse events are. I mean, the so extraordinary. I mean, the Pantone coloured uh, corduroy trousers and yeah, um, it, the the sort of like um, eccentricity uh, wealth shirts. You know, I don't know what you'd call them, but like mad patterns. They're obviously yeah. very expensive shirts, but you know. Yeah. Um, Combining two, three, maybe even four different checks in one hour. Oh, loads, is, loads of yeah. hectic check. <laughs> <laughs> it's another John Peel session. Okay, uh, live in session tonight. Hectic check. <laughs> but that's the thing. You'd have to go. Uh, can I just stop you there, sir? Before you keep talking to me about your historic Hispano Suiza, I'm afraid I cannot hear you over the noise of your clothes. It's, it's incredible the amount, and also loads of those. It's kind of Panamas, aren't they? Those kind of hats, rich old white man hats. Oh, they are they all rich. wear at summer events they, like that. They are. What's that about? Because I don't know whether I'm ever going to hit an age where I'll go. Yeah, sod it. I'll go for a dodgy Panama hat. I'll do that. What the hell? I don't know. Are we ever going to be? No, there? I, I, that's. It's funny because I can't imagine it either. And yet, maybe it just happens to you. You just suddenly go. Oh, you're in before you off know to it, you're the Panama in. hat shop for me. <laughs> but then maybe because you, you and I aren't aren't uh, rich enough. Um, you know, you have to be sort of quite minted to really pull it off. Don't well, you? that's, that's why we need to make sure this podcast is incredibly successful, so we can go to um, yes, car wealth, car wealth events, <laughs> dressed in a Panama hat <laughs> and seventeen different patterns and colours at once. Maybe we'll uh, still be doing this in seventeen years' time. Imagine that. I just remember at Pebble Beach that that when we went there, just there was a a place where they were just giving out cigars. Oh, and I remember being quite pissed. Oh, we sitting in a chair smoking <laughs> a cigar and looking at all these men in Panama hats and lovely cars and thinking, life isn't too bad at the moment. I think this I've, is all pretty pretty satisfactory. I think I've got a photo of you um, doing exactly that. And uh, I might have been laughing at you. We were we were watching the cars go up on that plinth, yeah, where there's confetti it. thrown over them and lo- lots of yeah. light, light clapping. Because yeah. you don't do heavy clapping at an event like that, I don't think. Oh no, it's very it's cricket match clapping. It's cricket clapping. Yeah, just sort of. There we go. Let's just do a little. Yeah, just just little. And it was a um, bit of that. And it was um, there was some ladies with parasols. It was, but that was because now I'm, it's coming back to me that, um, of course, the thing about cigars is they're a bit of a project. Because they just keep on going. They <laughs> well, go out, you have to relight them. And it's just, uh, I, I, unless you do the Will Smith, don't light it. It's, what is it? I don't, I, I just bite it. Oh, I can't is, remember the lyric that, now. That's that really what, annoying. Is that, what he, is that what he does? A cigar cigar from Cuba Cuba. Oh, what a, what don't a light wonder. it. It's for the look. I just bite it. I think it's the Oh lyric. my gosh, you remembered that. That's, that's brilliant. Is it from, that might be from Miami. Is that from uh, Miami? The song uh, I forget. Miami. Which provides the answer to that. We, ages ago, in a Smith & Sniff video, were talking about you wanted to know what temperature it is in R&B videos. 
All, all the women are in bikinis and all the men are in puffer jackets. And it's very hard to get a read on the exact temperature in the room or indeed just, outdoors. It just doesn't make any sense. Someone's but, well, either really hot or really cold. The, well, the Hive app algorithm would just be off its face. Go, what's yeah. going on? <laughs> it's an unbelievable what, graph What, is it hot, madness. cold? What's going on? Um, I'm going to look up on my bonky keyboard here. I'm going to look up the lyrics to Miami because within them... I'm not going to read them out for copyright reasons. I, I noticed the first line, according to the lyrics here, is, uh, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Uh. Like, uh, I was going to say, uh, uh, Miami. I think Will Smith puts a bit more oomph into it, but um, where are we? Is it, I oh, wonder yeah. why he's the greatest dancer, is the background music. Yeah. Which we which we sung about in the last podcast. Yeah. It's like it's all linked. Okay, so the lyric is, hottest club in the city and it's right on the beach temperature gets a year it's about to reach 500 degrees that's a furnace seas. That's 500 degrees now obviously that's fahrenheit okay i'm just gonna <laughs> you're gonna you're Celsius. gonna do the conversion okay. i can't do fahrenheit hang on are you that's gonna be 260 like, celsius that's hotter than an oven for cooking most food <laughs> so that's all, insane well, that's massive amount of evaporation and all sea life dead I would consider taking roast potatoes to that temperature if there wasn't anything else in the oven. But otherwise, that would ruin a roast. Too hot. Rich, too hot. Rich, so that, you... that's, that's the temperature in that club. I mean, that's inhumane. Well, people will die in the club. And yes. uh, that's not the basis for a cool club night last time I checked. Well, I mean, it strikes me that Will Smith has inadvertently gone for a night out inside an Arga. Because that's, <laughs> no that's no way a club. They couldn't. I've seen the Will Smith. Insane. He's massively into, like, an, a, a night in at the steelworks. He loves it. <laughs> Wait, well, you, know, you, you trip over, you land in a load of orange glowing... <laughs> yeah, you're just dead, really. I think that... Are you going to be an official... I'd love it if you're an official fact-checker for rap videos and you could just call out and just go... In fact, that could be a rule that comes in, and we've said it before, where you, you're not you're not allowed to bullshit. You've, it has to all be fact. So if a rapper says that he, he you know he's earning 1.6 mil a day, you go, well, you're not. We've checked your tax records. It's nowhere near that high. But it's not even a, it's not even a hundredth of that. So just you know, wind your neck in. Um, and you're talking about owning loads of Bentleys. Well, we've just looked at all of your ownership documents. I'm pretty sure you've only had one, and you gave it back two years ago. Um, so. I've, I, well, now <clears throat> I've fact checked myself. Check yourself. Because, uh, and the the lyrics about the cigar are not from Miami. Oh, you've gone and ruined it. <laughs> getting jiggy with it. Na 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 Yeah, no, I can't. Oh, hang on. Is is that he's the great? Isn't that the greatest dancer background music? It is Miami. We've got all our Will Smith songs completely ruined. Sorry, Will. I know he's a big listener. He's in my family. He's 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 your yeah. He's in your family. He's one of my cousins or something. Yeah. He's always hanging on in case we mention his. 850 IS if you need a lift he's massively he's the kid in the drop Will Smith yeah Smith and Sniff and Sniff oh sorry no <laughs> Smith and Sniff and Smith oh we were talking about how do we get on uh, to Miami this? is and the beat goes on I've just checked this as well oh dun, dun, gone deep dun, down dun, Will Smith dun, rabbit dun, hole dun, and um, the beat goes on yeah that's that's good yeah that's and good. just so uh Cig a cigar right from Cuba Cuba. I just bite it, it's for the look, I don't light it. I there think it's because he understands lung cancer. 
And I think I, I dig that. I think that's probably what I would do. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Well, in fact, uh, two lines later, yeah, two lines later, yo, my cardio is infinite. Ha ha. That's the actual lyric from the song. My, my His cardio car- is infinite because he doesn't uh, actually smoke. So that's good. Cardio is infinite, as in, yeah. oh, I thought it meant like... Um, Give it up, Jiggy, make it feel right. like foreplay. Yo, my cardio is infinite. Ha ha. Anyway, just don't make me rap anymore. It's embarrassing. Um, what I was going to say is, I know I had, so I had a Project Cigar on the go at Pebble Beach, and <laughs> I, I once you, you've got it in your hand, and then we were, I remember we were standing there in the crowd watching some of those cars going up on the thing and I was really conscious that I kept almost like burning holes in the back of people's suit jackets and dresses <laughs> and things and I was just like do you know because I was a bit drunk and I, I don't be that guy who like puts a massive hole through a $5,000 oh gosh I do remember it being I'd love to go back I'd love to do mm. a, li- a live a live Pebble Beach report you know oh, a really goodness. important one uh, <laughs> detailed but that's that that, that that's oh. the, the first Smith and Sniff we ever did was there in a golf cart. Uh, yeah, which has never seen uh, recorded on what was a very new iPhone of yours at the time. It might have been the very first iPhone, was it? Uh, iPhone three? No, because they didn't one? do video until about the third one. Did they? iPhone it wasn't three? Wasn't it? Because it was some of it was filmed on my phone, and some of it you had a GoPro. We gummed a GoPro. To uh, the we gummed a GoPro, cart. and I just wish I knew where that footage was because there was mm. a lot of footage of driving across a beach. And getting stuck, and chasing seagulls, <laughs> and then getting stuck. Uh, yeah, it's a shame we don't have that. Anyway, um, now what else we can talk? Oh yeah, cars. Um, Maserati, uh, the Maserati, the Trident, um, one of my favourite car logos. Yes, yes, and so yeah, new. Well, I thought it was a sports car, but if you're going to be sort of getting to the semantics super. of it, they're saying it's a it's a supercar. I think but it, it has is. a V6, which is obviously a hard sell. In supercar. Oh, hang on! Don't let Ford GT. Ford GT. Well, again, I mean, people got a bit narky about it, didn't they? Honda NSX. Is that a supercar? No, it's probably you know the original one. People was going, it's really a sports car. They probably made the NSX um, a sports car instead of a supercar because although it was supercar quick, it was just too comfortable and Mm. nicely put together. Remember, to be a true supercar, things have to be a bit crumbly around the edges. Yeah. It has to be a bit ragged, even when new. A friend of mine got into a tussle the other night. He messaged to um, a WhatsApp group that I'm in about cars. He he got into a little tussle at night on some roads that he knows well in, I think, Oxfordshire, with a Ferrari F50. 
Wow. He said it sounded amazing. And uh, he thought, you know, when the driver opened it up, it was just incredible. But it's a road he knows really well, and he was able to keep up. And, and someone in the group went, oh, why, what were you driving? He went, oh, just my Focus. And well, he's got he's got a ratty old Mark One Focus that he loves as his beta car. It's a good and, car, the Mark One Focus. Or, it's yeah, a very yeah. good car. But even so, it does kind of reinforce a point that I mean, I always think supercars are in fact, in so many ways, shit, and they're not even that quick because you cannot unleash them properly on bumpy, difficult roads because yeah. they're wide. They particularly older ones, they don't put their power down very cleanly. And they're just a bit of a nightmare. Is it one and of those fact, things? A well-driven where... hatchback will just keep up with you. Oh hell! What a Ferrari F50 on a back road versus a let's say a Focus Focus ST. Not even an no, RS. No, this isn't even an ST. It's just a normal one. It's well, like a one point six or something. Can I can I just say controversial? I think the Ferrari F50 looks like one of those vulgar slip-on shoes that men wear at Pebble Beach type events. Patent leather with a little gold chain across the front, where you just go, "Hang on, is that a woman's shoe or a man's shoe? I can't work that." <laughs> does it? I mean, does it matter? I don't know. It doesn't look very masculine, but I'm not sure. I think the Ferrari F50 looks awful. Do you? Oh, you see, I, I think it looks awful. And I remember it when it's a bit odd with the roof off sometimes, but it looks a bit. Yeah, no, no I, mean, I, think, I, I like it, but it is a bit weird. When when, when Clarkson drove it on Top Gear when it was new, and he had the roof off, I guess because he's about 17 feet tall. Mm. Um, I think it just looked awful, but that's just me. You know, I, I've got awful taste in cars. I'm going to say the word awful again. <laughs> awful, uh, awful. Um, well, speaking of which, this Maserati. Mm. Um, I was. I, 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 there was a live online reveal, which they'd obviously thrown a load of cash at. They got all sorts of shenanigans going on. I only caught the end of it, and I, I saw a bit of that. Was <clears throat> really underwhelmed. I was as well. It's funny you should say that. And but why? Yeah, exactly. But what, why? What, why? 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 Why was the underwhelming present? It's not a bad-looking car, but no, it's not. It feels like it doesn't bring anything new to anything. Precisely. Except it has another stab at trying to make three-spoke wheels acceptable, and I think still fails. But <laughs> it's 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 okay. It's just not amazing it's exactly oh my gosh it's exactly what i thought i thought it does look attractive it's not it's not over embellished with silly extra winglets and blah and blah but the problem is is when you look at all the performance and what it brings to the party right now you go right so it's 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 half as slow to 62 as a tesla model x which looks like a computer mouse and <laughs> and it can fit loads of people and loads of stuff in it. I just think if you're going to bring out a supercar now, it has to be either the most pin-sharp um, handling machine and uh, you know sensory overload machine, or it has to be so damn powerful and ridiculous mm. that everyone's just going to laugh, like a Veyron. You just go, look, it's got too many cylinders, too many radiators, too many turbos, but we, it's an amazing achievement. And I don't think it's any of that. So is, yeah. it, is it just going to fizzle away as quickly as it arrived? I don't know. I don't know. The other one was, did you see then, having been underwhelmed on the night of the reveal, the next morning, uh, two or three people, so UK car journalists, were on Twitter posting videos of it in daylight out in a square in, in Italy um, being revved up. One of them was our friend Alex Goy. Hello, Alex, uh, who, who listens to this show. And he, he put a video Hi, up Alex. and some other people did. And 
again, I was just like, is that it? It sounds okay. It doesn't sound like anything. Yeah, it sounds okay. What, does it but, sound like a, a Alpha GTV with a throaty exhaust? Not even that. Okay. I think that would sound nicer. It didn't have that crackly edge to it that those have. Um, Which is weird, because you can make a V6 really, really good sounding, I think. I'm a, I'm a fan of sixes. I don't have a sort of six prejudice like some people do. Yeah, I don't like V6s as much. It's probably my, one of my least favourite engine formats. Straight six, mm-mm. But V6s, again, and V6s, you know, there's some half-decent ones, but they're always a bit... Okay, yeah. Well, it, it goes back to my my baseline, um, my, my reasonable... Um, affection towards top end Granadas and um, uh, there's another V6 that I was about to say and it's just escaped me damn it oh I know Buick Grand National yeah I have so much respect for for, for, for good V6s but yeah I, um, I yeah, it's funny you, you had the same it's exactly the same because twin, less than 24 hours after the Maserati MC20 was released um, Lucid Air revealed their vehicle, or Lucid mm. revealed their air vehicle, and um, mm. with 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 images of it on the strip doing a, a nine point nine second quarter mile with four door, pretty attractive, five hundred mile range, and you just go. That's why supercars have to step it up, or they'll go into extinction, or they're just for collectors who just buy anything that's heavily compromised and composite. Do you think it's weird that the supercar end of the car market is seemingly as crowded with options for you to buy as, like, medium-sized hatchbacks? There seem to be so oh, many I of them. you factor think... in all the small companies as well, it's almost like... And this is exactly why, as you were saying, you know, you sort of need to stand out. You need to take <clears> it to some extreme. And, that I mean, it seems like the power struggle is getting a bit silly the next frontier will be the electric power struggle yeah and it'll all get a bit giddy there i mean i guess it already is it's getting giddy rimac and people which we'll come on to in a minute because there's been some news about them but the the lotus ouija board yeah the lotus ouija board (laughs) Ouija board. you you all put your fingers on a glass in norfolk and then it all just spells spells out your doom (laughs) when will this car be ready Oh, oh, that late. Um, and um, I think the uh, the other way to go is to just go to the sort of, I suppose, the Alpine thinking. Actually, no, it's not a supercar, but but just go. No, we we think the power struggle's silly. We've gone super lightweight, and I, and I saw like I think Maserati were making some claim about oh, and our new supercar's light, and they looked at it. It's like fifteen, sixteen hundred kilos, and you go, well, it's, it's not that light. It's just is not, it? is it? It's just not. Gordon Murray is just going. <laughs> I'm sorry, what? When he's just turned out a proper hypercar that's whatever that is, under 1,000 kilos. Gordon Murray's just going, you do realise that 1,600 kilos, that's like the equivalent of 800 linen shirts more than, more than it should have in weight yeah. <laughs> in, a, in a cupboard. <laughs> Everything's yeah, measured that's... in thin summer shirts. Um, I presume that Gordon Murray has done some analysis on this and that adding a vibrant pattern to a shirt doesn't add weight. What, as in the weight of the pattern, the print? Yeah, well, you think the print, because I know he likes a vibrant pattern, but you think a plain shirt might be lighter, I don't know. I've said it before, I'll say it again. Look, Paul Smith's done some fantastic garments. Some of my favourite shirts that I own are a couple of Paul Smith's. But why doesn't Gordon Murray, you know, he's got his GMD, why doesn't he just do a little cheeky sideline in some interesting prints? (laughs) Do it. He's, he likes a yeah, cheery that's... print. Yeah, he just, does. Just do it. 
Yeah, GMS Jordan Gordon Murray shirts. You know they, I mean? be, they don't make them so thin that, you know, they're a bit see-through so that you can just see every man's nipple and it's like, oh, yeah. I don't want to see my navel or my nipples all the time. That's not right. I don't have the body. But that would be a really good marketing angle as well because you could go GMS engineered by Gordon Murray shirts that are engineered by the man who did the McLaren F1. I mean, so it's a good angle. I'd love it. And and actually, um, we've I could digressed. See, well, I th- but it's always nice. Little. It's always nice. Isn't it's one it? of our we're traits. Drifting out to sea as usual. But anyway, I, well, the only thing I was going to say is I'm I, sure I think we're, we're on the same underwhelmed page about that Maserati. I just don't see the point of it, and I don't want Maserati to disappear because I like the idea of Maserati existing. But at the same time, I, you know, I, I do. They've got to bring the goods, and at the moment, they don't. I can't think that their cars are. No, I oh, just. Fantastic, are they? I think and, I and think you're right. Doesn't seem to add much. It's certainly no changer of any games, um, but it is pre- no. it is pretty and it is tasteful. Mm. Um, but mm, yeah, uh, but yeah. I'm still just left meh. I'm a bit meh about it. It's meh. It's the very definition of it's a meh Zerati. Oh my gosh! You've just written the headline. <laughs> Amazing. Um, I just mentioned Rimac, and I, there's this rumor going round that um, Rimac are going to take control of Bugatti. Yeah. Massive news. Amazing. It's interesting, isn't it? It's really interesting because Marte, or mate, depending on how you say his name, he's a lovely, lovely guy. He's always Mate, been... like Pate, isn't it? Or is it? Oh, is it Mate? Oh, there's th- I three don't know. versions of his name already. Is it Mate, Marte, or Mate? Matinee. Matinee. Uh, ma- <laughs> anyway, Matey. The, the, Matey Rimmer. Matey Rimmer. He's, he's such an exceptional visionary, and, and he's still so young. I think he's 32. Yeah, it's depressing, isn't it? And he's built the company from next to nothing in, in under 10 years. I've been, mm. I've been lucky enough to go there, but only once um, in Zagreb. And it's the stuff that they're, they're doing. It, it, well, to see the Germans fighting over stakes in his business like they are... Mm. And, and and effectively, from what I can gather, they, what they're just going to like sort of give him Bugatti, and then in exchange for lots of R and D with um, EV throughout the VW Group. Yeah. So as I understand it, and this is sort of a developing story as we record this, but um, Porsche already owns a chunk of Rimac. Yeah, 10%, it's about twenty. I think. It's fifteen. I think. Oh, is it more? They want more. Or the Volkswagen Group wants more. Yeah. And. To sweeten the deal, they will effectively hand Bugatti to Rimac via Porsche. Okay. And in exchange, they will get a bigger chunk of Rimac. So they don't lose control of Bugatti as such because they are giving it to someone who they then get a greater chunk of, if that makes sense. But what's really interesting is that that's clearly a sign, if this all goes ahead, and if it is true, which, you know, small asterisk might might not be (laughs) at this stage... But if it is true, what they're essentially saying is now Bugatti becomes an electric vehicle company. Exactly. And that, and to me, the... makes total sense. Because where do they go in internal combustion beyond what they've achieved now? Is sort of, where yeah. are they, 1,500 horsepower, something like yeah, that? Yeah, from yeah, yeah. Well, what, what, what speed have they done? Have they done 300 miles an hour? Or have they done 280? Two, two no, I think, I forget now. I think it's late, thing, late I'm sort twos. of not that interested they might as well go, and we've driven across the surface of Jupiter. You go, well, it's not relatable, is it? Well done. Well, as a we've said before, if, but it's not relatable. If it was to be, um, if it was to, Chiron was to hard launch um, on the the beach of Dover, and it and it's it has to go across the sea and get to to France across the water mm. with nothing but paddle tires. 
That would be impressive. I'd like to see yeah. that, wouldn't you? Some water driving with the Chiron. <laughs> oh, yeah, but then what if it ran over Charlie Borman, who's doing his Long Way Out feature that he proposed <laughs> last week, takes out Borman and McGregor on their... On their paddle Harley Livewise, whilst well, getting minor sure. shocks. Are they, they water-powered, water-ready bikes? I thought, in many ways, they were just conventional motorbikes, and they effectively had to sort of see how far out to sea they could get before they sank. But, oh, OK, I mean, so they park the Harley idea, Livewire, and Harley go, look, yeah. we'll still back you up, boys, so we'll give you a pair of um, V-rods, water-cooled petrol v twins and they go yeah fine put a snorkel on it put some submariner type gear on it you know like an outboard motor where it can run underwater for a minute or two yeah i love all that shizzle <laughs> so you could do so if you get a bit of a submarine on you can still leave the throttle wide open okay and hope that you go up rather than down uh. <laughs> i'd love to see the practice session i'd absolutely <laughs> well i remember going back to rimac i remember before rimac set up um the company rimac he had a couple of experimental cars one of them was his bmw e30 that he built to do drifting and 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 it set a couple of really impressive times and he did some vids of it online and I i i was just starting to build my enfield ev dragster and i actually emailed him and we emailed one another for several months and he was really helpful really really enthusiastic about another person trying to do another ev thing um and i think that's where the similarity between me and marte rimac ends because he's now in charge of one of the most valuable car companies effectively or technology companies whatever you want to call it and I, I i said on twitter he's like an elon musk but uh but but not not so weird on social media uh, or mm. slash, slash dangerous on social media. And then I looked up Mar- Mate Rimac's um, Twitter account. He hasn't tweeted since 2014. So I think he's just, he's either, he's too busy, Rich. He's too busy. He's too busy. Instead of bullshitting on Twitter, he's busy getting on with the job. Oh, of he's doing the shizzle. Furthering the electric car. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Development curve, and that's good. Yeah. And I, so that's, I, he's, that's the interesting thing, isn't it? He's, he's there, and a lot of companies do come to him. He's done electric car stuff for more people than sort of being let on i think absolutely so well yeah his his game plan is clearly very different to tesla's because because tesla um keep everything in house Mm. whereas he's the other way around he's like i'm not interested in making my own car i'm interested in underpinning all the other big cars i don't need to be a bit interested in making his own car because he's done it twice now but i think that that's that's kind of a shop window isn't that's it, a really? shop that's, that's totally of... a shop window i mean i it was great a, a couple of geneva motor shows ago with the c2 um i sat in it with him and he gave me like a really in-depth rain man tour of it and it was incredible you're gonna say a really in-depth shoulder massage for some reason but what <laughs> you went well, i sat in it with him and he gave me a really in-depth shoulder massage i don't know why i thought that's yeah he um he, he as he was explaining the full spec of it he insisted on hand feeding me grapes and bathe your feet and we were on a revolving turntable with lots of flashing photography and at no point did it feel <laughs> awkward it never <laughs> felt awkward at all. <laughs> I I got to hand it to Rema. I think oh. this is exciting. Lots of people are going, oh, um, that's sad for Bugatti. It's all over. It's all over. It's like, well, yeah, but like you say, where where could it have gone? And this is no, the, this is the flagship next brand. frontier. And this is yeah, what? it'll be two thousand horsepower electric, and it's perfect for something like a Chiron or a Veyron or whatever the next one will be called. Yeah, because 
They don't get driven. Macron. Macron. What Macron. Will, yeah. What will it be called? <laughs> um, Come on. They they draw they draw their names from the past, don't they? So because uh, the Chiron was he was a driver for them. Yeah. And um, Veyron. What was Veyron? I don't know. Um, but just Ron. I mean, Ron oh, would be good. The, Ron, the Ron. Everyone knows a Ron. <clears throat> Very dependable people. Um, They're strong as well. Yeah, lend you some hedge trimmers. You don't meet a weak Ron. Weak Ron? That, no, no, I mean, I mean like. <laughs> photon. A, photon or proton or something. Physics. Proton. You can't call it proton. Oh, uh, is that bit that's been taken, hasn't it? That's been Damn taken, it. mate. That's been taken. Electron. Oh, elect. Elect. Electron, as in like Ron. an election campaign. Please, electron. No, not elect, ro- electron. Well, anyway, it uh, depends where you put the hyphen. Maybe no hyphen. <laughs> but, 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 yeah, 2,000 horsepower electric car, it's not going to be driven. They, they just get tittered around at low speed anyway. They're perfect for... But being able to boast it's got 2,000 horsepower, yep. that's what it's all about. It'll yep. be doing 10 miles an hour through Kensington or... Around which you know Miami or somewhere mm, where it's uh, five hundred mm, degrees anyway, mm, and that's Miami. bad for the battery pack, but yep. it's okay because it won't go very far. I think electric power makes total sense for a for a, a hypercar. We just want really big numbers on paper, and then it won't be used like that at all. And um, what if about you're rich enough to avoid afford a Bugatti? You you probably have got a driveway, so you can plug it in at night. Oh uh, yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna put it out there and say that that that's that's. That's definitely the case. Another new car that's exciting: the uh, the Nissan Z Proto. Mm. Sorry, or Z Z Z Proto. Z. Mm. I, Z Proto. You know, for me, emotion. Uh, um. It's that thing, the designer talk. You know, it's always as a for me, the evoke the emotion, you know, the feeling, the visceral, the car. It talked to me, my heart did beat. I touched the car, I feel the car in my face. I love the car. Do you like the, the, the Ziproto? I like Ziproto. I think the rear three quarters, my favorite bit. I think that, um, there is a really weird um, kind of um, <clears throat> what's the word? Oh my gosh, I'm I'm really thick today. Horse, cheese, what's, tree. No, house. what's the <laughs> no? What's the thing when you have a deja vu? I had a real, I've had a real <laughs> deja vu with that car because I think the back end, the rear three quarters, just S thirteen Sylvia. Or 200 SX, whatever you want to call oh, it. Oh, yeah. It's really S13, the rear light clusters ah, and stuff like that. Yes, yes, yes. I think the front end is a bit of a grower. I can't quite see it fully working yet. Someone mentioned on Twitter they thought they agreed, and they said it's because it sort of lacks a badge or some yeah. badge detailing. But I guess it's they're saying it's something like 90% ready. Um, yeah. The other thing is, as, uh, and I do think it'll be cool, and I'm really glad the world is launching rear-wheel drive coupes, so that's great. But um, it does make me rewind the clock to 2013 and the Nissan IDX, if you remember that, based mm, upon the yeah. Datsun 510 two-door. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. that 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 concept was just absolutely perfect. Uh, it does make me wonder whether or not they sh- either should have done that one or should do them as a pair. Or And all, also, the other thing is, 
Should Nissan launch this with the option of EV? Because Nissan is lagging behind in the EV stakes. It was an early pioneer and it's gone a little bit quiet on the electric front when it really should be pushing. Mm. Um, I Well, I mean, for the record, I like it as well. I saw some people getting a nicotine a twist about it. I thought it was quite a nice looking car. I, I, think- I know what you mean about the front. Mm-hmm. It's a bit sort of Aston-y, but then I think people are beefing about that front air intake, which is basically sort of completely unstyled it's just a massive rectangle and it's basically <laughs> yes. bother me i don't know where you'd put the number plate but you know i'm sure the production i would i would spray out. it on as onto the onto a big intercooler you know when you oh, you know you can get a yeah. t- you, you maybe you can get a stencil when you order the car you get your number plate stencil and you just spray it on with a rattle can yeah i think it'll look mega like you, when you see some tits try to graffiti a, a chain link fence and you just go well that's not taken has it <laughs> <laughs> It's too many holes. Um, yeah, but I do like it. The thing is, though, you say it's nice to see rear-wheel drive sports cars coming back, and I, I do kind of agree. But at the same time, the problem is, everyone's going, oh, brilliant, It's because the concept in inverted commas is a manual box, and it's um, twin-turbo V6, isn't it? And it's, everyone's going, oh, that's brilliant, that's fantastic. And it's not coming to Europe, so it's sort of irrelevant for us anyway. But the production one will be mainly for the US, I suppose. Yeah. Everyone's getting very excited about that. And you go, how many... Supras, those new shaped Supras, do you see around? I mean, it's none. I've never seen. I think I've seen one I've, on the road, I aside saw, from the one that we borrowed for a video. Yeah, I've seen one private one. And this it, is the problem for car companies. It's always you get that thing sometimes where you, you know magazines like Autocar will get, get a bit of a, a bonk on about like some new car company boss, and they go, "He's a real enthusiast." And I always think, well, that's great, but that's also terrible because. If they make decisions based on cars enthusiasts think they want, yeah. they will never make any money and then they'll go bust. Well, yeah, because there's a reason why I don't run a car company. Cause I, no, exactly, cause, me neither. Because I wouldn't have commissioned something like... You do want people who understand cars at the top because you look what happens when, when you don't. Because, you know, like, what was that Malali guy who ran Ford seemed like he didn't really understand cars and made decisions based on that, which was not always great. But if people are too interested in cars, they just nerd out and forget that They're you also need to make a profit or thousands of people lose their jobs. And it's just like the manual gearbox, rear-wheel drive sports cars, I think, for people in this country, they're kind of – they're like the theatre or the Church of England. They're something that people like to know exists, but they don't actually put their money into it when they need to. And so mm, they're yeah. a complete folly for any car company to get involved in. Sadly, mm-hmm. you know, we all go, oh, brilliant, I'd love one of those, but have you actually bought one? Have you fuckers like? And so you can't really <laughs> – <laughs> really keep asking for them. You can't really keep asking for manual gearboxes. Because no. you look at the figures for, you know, Ferrari don't do manuals anymore. Porsche sort of just clinging on in there. But it's usually like 99% uptake for the double clutch stuff. And Is so it really? It's all well and good rapping on the internet and going, oh, I wish they'd do a manual box. And Well, if you wish they'd do a manual box, you are now contractually obliged Order to it. go and buy it with your own money or shut the fuck up. Yeah. Sorry, I went off on one there. No, I'm, 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 I'm scared of the extinction of the three-pedal car. I am, um, but if it does become extinct, it means all the previously made three-pedal cars that are interesting, historically significant, good at racing, whatever, will will be held in high regard, and that's that. Hmm. So, day to day, we can dick around in uh, you know a, a more of a white good car, more of an efficient thing, and then I yeah. maybe at the weekend we're just going to drive more and more larry dangerous cars, and I kind of yeah. like the sound of that. Absolutely. Sounds like a bright, interesting future. larry dangerous cars become like the horse once the car became mainstream. They become a yeah a, a, a bucking dangerous hobby for 
people who are interested in doing that but you don't have to and it, it, it all works out for the best I guess in the end we get a better solution for everyday needs for those who aren't that interested I want a Something really like bucking dangerous horse that sounds like I'm swearing, but I'm not. I said, bu- I said, bucking, guys. I said, bucking, bucking, hell, bucking. Um, this is probably a good time to wrap things up. I know um, you put out a call uh, last week for listeners' questions. Um, we'll maybe we'll get round to those next week instead. That'll be a show or something. I don't. Know. I will do. We there's some really nice ones. Uh, just three things to tell you before we wrap up. One, Johnny has a solo YouTube channel called Car Pervert, where there are many excellent videos, uh, including as we were talking earlier a review of the audi e-tron say it sports back Back. (laughs) (laughs) do you know what it's like it's like a justin timberlake i'm bringing sports back hey Um, what's the second thing I have to tell you? Oh, second thing I have to tell you is that uh, under my sniff petrol um, nom de plume, I have a book out called The Medium-Sized Book of Car Boring Car Trivia. So if you are very bored, make yourself even more bored by buying it exclusively from Amazon. And the third thing I have to tell you is that last week we claimed that the pop star Adam Ant once threw a car brake disc through the window of a pub. I've since fact-checked this, and we are happy to correct ourselves. It was, in fact, an alternator. Adam Ant threw an alternator <laughs> through the window. He also threatened people with a starting pistol. Uh, that's it for this episode of Smith and Sniff. Thank you so much for listening. As always, please remember to like and subscribe uh, as much as you can. If you like it, tell your friends. If you don't, keep it to yourself, you miserable tit. <laughs> Thank you so much for watching. And uh, sorry, no, listening, listening, listening. Definitely oral. It's been very tight this week. Very slick, I think. Um, anyway, uh, we'll, we'll see you again for more of this same time next week. Until then, thank you very much. Goodbye. Goodbye. Listen, look, guys. Guys, listen. Guys, listen, guys. Listen, guys. Look, here we are. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com upgrade.